Will you pray with me? Holy God, help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Help us, O oh Lord, to be Christians on purpose. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. I heard the story about a pastor who, uh, you know, some, the first thing somebody asks you is like, hey, where are you from? What's the next thing they ask? What do you do for a living? And, you know, preachers have a hard time with that. We're not sure what we really do most of the time, you know. And so, and all these words are loaded. I'm a preacher. I'm this. So he said, I am a recruiter for a multinational corporation Recruiting people in an organization where the pay is not very good, but the retirement is out of this world. Right. So, followers of Jesus, what do you do for a living? I know what your job is. And you have, all of you have really great careers. But what do you do? What's your calling? It's so amazing because uh, I, I didn't plan it this way, but like our last Wednesday night focus was on purpose. And there is a guy, it's a TED Talk, you could look it up. It's Unlocking the Power of Purpose. It's about a 16-minute video about this guy talking about what, it, what does it mean, what is it, uh, why it is so powerful. He said this, the Center for Disease Control has studied this and says that only one out of three people in our country has a reason to get out of bed in the morning. One in three. He talked a little bit about a conversation he had with a, with a, a tribe in Tanzania, one, a, a hunting and, one of the last hunting and gathering tribes on the earth and the leader around the campfire, around a place where this guy never traveled more than 15 miles from where they were sitting all of his life. He said, uh, Mr. Leader, um, what are the two most important days in a person's life? And he guessed, well, maybe it's birth and death. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, it's the, it's the day you were born and the day you discover why you were born. So what do you do? He went on to say this. Imagine a pill that would aid cognitive decline in your life by 40%, reduce the risk of stroke by 40%, and would aid sleep and add seven years, a healthy years to your life. How much would you pay for that pill? And he said, good news, the pill is free. It's called purpose. Christians on purpose. Followers of Jesus on purpose. Intentionality. And so today, you remember last week, Jesus has an exorcism. And he's in the synagogue. And this is, these are the opening shots out of the Gospel of Mark. And Mark has a very fast-paced gospel. And things are going at breakneck speed. It was on a Sabbath last week. 
And he was there teaching, and they were astounded at the power of his teaching. I mean, this guy had purpose, and he was doing a great job. Some other guy confronted him. Jesus, what are you to do with us? Or have you come to destroy us? Because the guy had an unclean spirit. And Jesus said, be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit left. And then they kind of walked out of the synagogue. You know, mic drop and, and, and walks out of the synagogue. They're all amazed. They go and they walk about four blocks to Peter's house. And back in the day, uh, in, in, in that first century, generations would live with you. I mean, it had a whole group of people. It was almost like a compound. And Peter said, Jesus, my mother-in-law is sick. I saw what you did with that guy in the synagogue. Would you heal my mother-in-law? And uh, now that's kind of strange, too. Uh, Peter must have been married. And uh, you know what they say about mother-in-laws, right? For every, um, let's see, for every... Well, for every man that does something good, there's always a surprised mother-in-law, right? Well, that was Peter's mother-in-law. And he cared for her, and he loved her, and she was proud of Peter, and um, she had fever. Now, if you had fever back then, it was life-threatening. This was not, there there was no CVS to get, you know, uh, something for that. So her life was on the line. And it says that Jesus comes, uh, approaches her, grabs her by the hand, And lifts her up. It's the same word for resurrection in Mark 16. Lifts her up. Here's what's really fascinating. She doesn't get up and sing. Or or sing praises. What does she do? She starts to serve Jesus. She's a table setter, I guess. Jesus, you hungry? I feel good. I got something. And she, and she sets the table for the Son of God. She serves. It's so interesting. Jesus, after that, heals a whole bunch of people out in the front. Uh, as the day ended, the Sabbath ended, in the front yard, word spread. And then Jesus was just kind of like worn out and needed to go to the mountains and to pray and to rejuvenate that was quite a full day but peter's mother-in-law i don't think i she's the first deacon in the new testament she's the first person that gets it you know the other disciples are like they try to find him and say jesus where are you they're looking for you do something jesus but peter's mother-in-law was already doing something for Jesus. It took Peter and the other disciples a lot longer to figure out that the thing that we all need to know deep in the bottom of our hearts, and that is we're not just saved from something, we're saved for something. Those who live the saved life of God are eager and freed to serve and to love. And it could be the simplest thing So what do you do for a living? What do you do for life? What do you do since Jesus cured your fever? How do you pay it forward? Because evidence of a serving community, that's evidence of the resurrection. Now that speaker went on to say that really we need three M's in life. One is money. That's a little different for everybody, but of course you need money to get through this life. 
You need medicine, which is health. You want, what good is money if you, if you can't you know, be healthy? So you're trying to stay as healthy as you can. But a lot of people try to get by on those two M's and they forget about the other M, which is meaning. Meaning. And so many people think it's health and money and they forget what Peter's mother-in-law knew right away. So the purpose of her life was to serve, to serve others. So I got a, qu- a few questions for you right now. You don't have to answer them out loud. I want you to think about them this week because they're the most important questions you'll ever ask yourself. Do you love what you do? Do you love what you do? Yeah, that's right. Do you love what you do? She's, yeah, she's trying to respond. Here's the deal. Now, I'm not saying every part of your job has to be, you know, candy corns. Yeah, or candy corn. I meant to say unicorn, but candy corn works. Candy corns, unicorns, you know, cotton candy. There's no such thing as a perfect job, right? But what are those things about what you do during the day that make you forget about time? What are they? Do you love what you do? Is there any part of the day that you love what you do? Think about that. Are there any people that you love to serve during the day? Or people that you're passionate about? You see, some people have jobs. Some people have careers. But God has given us a calling. Maybe ask yourself, what am I good at? Nobody told Peter's mother-in-law to get up and do something. She did it on her own accord. And I will guarantee you she did something that she loved, that she was good at. You know, the things that you're good at doing, uh, the things that you love, are usually the things you're good at doing. And God has given you a gift. You don't have to be do everything for everybody, but what one thing are you good at? And now look at the world. What people... What situation can you bring that gift to and give it away? We often make it a lot more complicated than that. But I guarantee you, when Peter's mother-in-law was setting that table, she just responded to God's goodness and did what she did best and what she loved the most. We all have jobs, but what do you do for a living? One of my passions for years has just been racial reconciliation. I just can't stand to see on TV and all the things and all the, all the barriers that are still up between people of different races. And it just breaks my heart. I can't do nothing. And so some of you know, if you looked at my Facebook, that, that I was up in lovely Greenwood, Mississippi. And what a great town. Now, aren't you, are you from Greenwood? You're from Greenwood. Okay. I knew you were a Delta boy. Um, Anybody else from Greenwood here? It's a beautiful, beautiful town. And we, uh, a a group of clergy are, um, we we developed this, the bishop asked us to develop uh, something to address the alienation, alienation between races, how we could do that in Mississippi. And so we planned five different worship services all over the state, and it's called the Freedom Trail Revival. Yesterday it was in Greenwood, at Greenwood First United Methodist. It's a beautiful sanctuary, by the way. Um, 
the first Saturday in March. March the 2nd, it's going to be at Rust College in Holly Springs. The third one is going to be here in Jackson at Wells. The fourth one is going to be at St. Paul in Hattiesburg. The last one is going to be at Gulfside Assembly. It's a historic black campground back during segregation in Waveland, Mississippi. And Bishop Lewis is going to be preaching that. And you know, you know how sometimes you, you get all excited about something and you want to serve and you dream big and then all of a sudden you realize, uh-oh, I bit off more than I could chew. So here we all, we're all were and I was driving up to Greenwood and I was like, Lord have mercy, why did I do it? All I need is another thing to stress me out. Scott Wright, the pastor there, had called me and he said, Bruce, I've served all over Mississippi and we love Greenwood but boy, there are some barriers here that I've never seen before. I'm not sure anybody's going to show up. And I was like, oh, man. And so then we get there. And then here's, you know, uh, uh, clergy just, they, they designed six or seven of them, a couple of them from Cleveland and a couple of them from Greenwood and some other areas. They designed the most beautiful service. And some of it has, you know, and they had some technology in it and some, uh, uh, some videos. And the devil must have known that we were trying to do something really powerful because just completely wrecked our technology. We were like, okay, we're going to show this video. It was awkward silence for about five minutes. I was like, we are done for. But I can tell you this. People did show up. And lots of black pastors and white pastors showed up. Lots of black lay people and white lay people show up. Catholics showed up. Baptists showed up. Presbyterians showed up, and it was like, oh my goodness. And all of a sudden, um, um, Domini Henry got up to preach, and it was like the video was just horrible. He thought, oh my goodness, and he just lit up. And I could tell he was doing what he loved to do. I'll give you a little cheat sheet on what he, what he did. He passed out crayons. He passed out crayons like this, and part of it was, our commit, uh, sort of a, a prayer of examine, asking ourselves, have we stood up for those who've been marginalized? Have we, have we sat and been in pain with people maybe who've been um, um, cut out? And, uh, and so he, he passed out about 10 of these colors. And then right in the middle of a sermon, he, he asked us to get up. And he said, um, he said now, show, show the crayon, show, no, show the, what you have to the people who are sitting next to you, and ask them, what is this, and uh, what kind is this? So, what is this? It's a crayon. What kind is it? It's yellow. And he said, see, you see color. Don't ever pretend like you don't see color. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about seeing color and appreciating someone else's story. We've all got different colors, but guess what? We are all a crayon. We are all made in the image of God Almighty. And when I saw that, and I saw him just literally catch fire behind that pulpit. I mean, it was awesome. Domini can preach now. And uh, I said, this guy is doing what he loves to do, what he's good at, and he's serving. And he made a difference. And we all left there inspired to do more and to be more courageous in our walk with Jesus when it comes.
to looking after the last, the least, the lost. I have a good friend who's a clergyman, he's a retired guy, and his daughter, actually, I went to seminary with her at Duke. And a very sharp person, she stayed in North Carolina, and she developed a horrible, horrible disorder. It was a disease that was slowly taking her life. She kept losing function of this muscle or that muscle. And she was facing the last few weeks of her life. And my friend, her father, who was so proud of her. Because even when she was down to the use of her right arm. She said, I want my kids to come and I'm going to help them with their math and their English and their science. Right down to the use of her right arm. Because her purpose, those last few weeks she was alive, to provide memories for her children, for them to know that she loved them, and she cared for them, and she was going to give her last working muscle for their good. What do you do for a living? You know what I tell people? What I do for a living? I do kind of like that, you know, retirement's out of this world. That's a good response. But I kind of like Peter's mother-in-law's description. I'm a, I set tables for Jesus. I break bread and I serve the finest bread in the world. And this bread and this cup can change our lives and it will if we let it. And what a privilege it is to have that kind of purpose in life. What do you do for a living? What's your purpose? What gets you out of the bed in the morning? Let's pray. God, help us to be Christians on purpose. Help us to be like Peter's mother-in-law who when she encountered your touch and was healed and was raised, started working for the kingdom. Help us to be like Domini who in the midst of stress and a tough project just caught on fire in front of people yesterday in Greenwood. Lord, you've given us all a purpose. Help us to seize it starting today, starting at this table. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.